and welcome to Quarter Mile in Time. The Fast and Furious podcast where we don't eat crust on our tuna sandwiches. Oh my god, I'm Nick Lathan. And I'm Rip Camalucci. And we're, this is the first step. This, okay, this is the first time we did this. Let's, let's get this. Let's get this straight off the. Let's just get this straight out the gate. This isn't the first time we've done this. As far as what the government knows, this is the first time we've done this ever. Okay, because we did that trailer breakdown episode that we released. And Not we a real episode, though. Yeah, I guess that's a special episode. Yeah. Commemorating what could have been in an alternate timeline. We could have seen it already. It, it, shit, it'd be on Blu-ray by now, I think. Do you think? Oh, no. man. By now? Yeah, because this is coming out. Yes. Yes, it would be. It would absolutely be on Blu-ray by now. Oh, man. We could be talking about it on Blu-ray. This it, is the second season. <laughs> <laughs> As we go over all of the, the Blu-ray special. Well, in that case, then that's going to take away a few things that I have to talk about for this movie today. But I'm willing talk about to special features? sacrifice. Okay. We going into special features this episode? I I noticed a few things. There's a there's in the on the Blu-ray for the Fast and the Furious. There's a mode in which you can watch it. There's several modes. You can watch it picture in picture, uh-huh. in which will have director Rob Cohen in a box in the corner of the screen, just basically giving his director's commentary. And why do we need that? Why do we shot. need to see him? But you can watch it if you ever wanted to watch director's commentary. This <laughs> Blu-ray gives you the opportunity to do so. There's also another feature. Uh, that's just kind of like info and stuff like that. And the, basically the two forms of information, and I'm glad we're just getting right into this right away, are uh, like tech specs. And it just basically gives you all sorts of information, like not just about what, whatever car is on the screen at the time, but like all of the modifications that were made to it. Hmm. And the other series of uh, bit of information uh, they'll give you is damage. So it'll give you a running monetary tally of how much damage is happening on screen at the moment. That's a dope special feature. I wish every movie had that special feature. It was, it's, <laughs> it's hard to keep up with because it happens so fast. Yeah. That's funny. Like going back to the director's commentary, that makes me think of like for the Ghostbusters DVD, one of them. I don't know if they have it on the Blu-ray, but they did like an MST3K style, and it was Ivan Reitman, Harold Ramis, and one of the producers. And it's like them. It's like it's exactly like Mystery Science Theater 3000, in which they're at the bottom of the screen, and you can see the their silhouettes. That rule. I've only listened to the regular director's commentary, and that was a while ago. That may have been just when I had it on. DVD, I gotta double check the Blu-ray because that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's, it was it was definitely on the DVD that I bought for ten dollars at Walmart back in the day. Uh. Um, even it's so funny because even if you say back in the day, I still register that as like nah, a DVD should be five dollars even back in the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you you mentioned how like you know, um, the the move like Fast Nine F Nine would be on. Blu-ray by now, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like thinking. I was listening to a movie podcast. They were just talking about how like Tenant just has to keep like inching its way down the line and just being very stubborn as far as like when it is being released if it hasn't yeah. been released already. And I just want to give so much props and all the all the credit in the world to F Nine and the <laughs> the Fast Saga for out the gate. Being the first by a quarter mile to say, 
nope, we're kicking this down to next year. I remember when that announcement was made, when you texted that to me, and I said, holy hell, they're moving this almost a year? And the way I feel right now at recording date, that may be the first movie I'll see in theaters ever again. Yeah. Um, the first movie to like delay it, delay themselves was No Time to Die, the next James Bond movie. But, but they, they moved it to November. Yeah, they, that was still in the calendar year. And yeah. like, you know, that may have seemed like even conservative at the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, like with many other things in the Fast Saga and, and, and this universe, it's just time is proving itself to be uh, on its side and correct. I just think back like uh around that time Vin Diesel was like, nah, we're not we're not pushing it back. We're not gonna do that. And then like <laughs> two weeks later he's like, I, I I guess we're pushing it back, guys. <laughs> I just want I wanna see the damage the the damage meter as far as money wise they blew on the uh the whole Super Bowl event they had that whole weekend <laughs> promoting the movie. As far as I'm concerned, that's still effective marketing to me because it is as fresh in my mind as the day that it happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we go ahead and yeah, start? Yeah, what do we do here? <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's start off with how we got into the Fast and the Furious French or the Fast Saga, as it's now known. Um, how did you get into the Fast Saga? Well, uh, I remember seeing this movie in theaters with my dad. Uh, it was... Uh, a, a dad custody day and you know we had one of our our dad Wednesdays where like we would go to uh, this best buy like store called Incredible Universe but with like much more like free shit to play and like you know all the N64s were available to play and you know, it was like Best Buy and Sharper Image, like wrapped into one, but it was called Incredible Universe, and it truly was. Um, so we would do that. We'd get a slice of pizza from John the Baker, and then we saw Fast and the Fast and the Furious. And I remember like how back in the day, you know, whenever you would go see movies with your friends, you would end up bullshitting about the movie like in the parking lot, just bullshitting in general in the parking lot afterwards. Yeah. And that's like what me and my dad did, just about just like cars. And it was like the most we bonded over cars. And then after that, uh, I had a few other friends that kind of started getting into cars. And, and you know, there's a there's like a parallel universe where I'm a, you know, a, a freaking gearhead, man. And I'm, you know, hitting these street races. And I'm going to hot import nights on the regular. And I'm making all these <laughs> modifications on my cars, you know. Uh it, it didn't turn out that way, but it was definitely, you know, definitely bit by the bug uh, from this this movie. At first. Uh, re- oh, that's a good story. I like that. Well, real quick, I want to ask you this question that I always ask people when they mention their dad took them to the movies. Did your dad take you to go see the Spawn movie in theaters? <laughs> No, I think I might have been a little too young for that. I would definitely catch it on our illegal pay-per-view here and there. Okay. But that that's a big N-O. <laughs> that is not my dad's genre of movie. So uh, that's not my dad's genre either. But for some reason, one day he took me and my brother uh, to 
because we lived we lived outside of Montgomery, Alabama at the time, and he took us into town to Montgomery, and we went to this theater, and uh, we didn't know what movie we were seeing, and then he got the tickets, and then we got in there and like, yeah, we're watching Spawn, and both me and my brother were both excited and confused at the same time. We're excited about going to see Spawn, but confused he was taking us to go see Spawn because it didn't seem like a movie that he would want to watch. So, but he watched Spawn with us, and it was not good. <laughs> what other movies were even out at that t- like weekend? Oh man, let's look that up on Box Office Mojo. Ugh, and while we're God, doing that, I'm just gonna get it out of the new Box Office Mojo. Uh, actually, I figured it out. I had to do it. Um, it's very Bless complicated. You. Uh, when did Spawn come out? First, I got to look up when Spawn came out. The first time I August saw the first, nineteen ninety-seven. Really? That's an August movie. Yeah, that's weird, huh? Uh, uh, the first time it it, <laughs> uh, it came in second that weekend to Air Force One. Why did you know what? I don't know. That's 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 a dad movie. Oh yeah, that's a that's absolutely a dad movie. Yeah. That came out the same weekend. All right, and th- and this weekend, okay, it was Air Force One, Spawn, Georgia the Jungle, Picture Perfect, Men in Black. I Whoa. guess we had already seen Men in Black. Yes, we had already seen. Yeah, Men that in Black. is that definitely already came out at that point. Yeah, Good Burger. Uh, our dad's definitely not going to take us to go see Good Burger. I can tell you that damn much. Uh, Face Off. That was rated R. Liar, liar. We'd already seen that. Huh. It's very weird. We probably didn't even see it that weekend. We probably see it the next week. Hi, welcome to uh, Quarter Mile in Time, the movie in which we figure out <laughs> the podcast in which we figured out what movies we saw what weekend in 1997. Can we uh, to bring it back on topic? Uh, thank you. <laughs> can you look up opening weekend for The Fast and the Furious? Because I would sure. love to see what else opened around that time. What else? I came used out? to have all of my Blu-rays and DVDs organized. In chronological order of release. Yeah. And I really liked it that way. As opposed to a few other ways that I used to have it organized. I also used to have, while you're looking all that up, I used to also have it organized by director. uh, And then I also had it organized by Rotten Tomatoes score, which was shot. You would, that was the most enlightening uh, and then I never got the chance to do it, but I always dreamed of organizing my Blu-rays and DVDs uh, autobiographically. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. I do mine um, chronologically, but if a if it, uh, with sequels. So I have Batman Begins, and then it's followed by The Dark Knight. Yes. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. All right. So here's the opening weekend. The, the the week, the weekly chart. You want to do weekly or weekend? Uh, give me the weekend. Okay, weekly versus weekend. All right, so the week end, we have number one with a bullet, fa- the Fast and the Furious. Hell yeah. That uh that got fifty seven that got forty million on the weekend, and then the week it got fifty seven million. Round up the fifty eight million. What weekend um, did this num- come out again, by the way? This came out June twenty second, two thousand one. Wow! So we we're coming up on the we're less than a year away from the twentieth anniversary. Yeah, we are. 
Well, the next movie will come out um, since they push back F9. That'll be the 20th anniversary. I think what they tried to do was do, uh, what was our name for uh, Fast 10 Your Seatbelts? For the for the last movie, <laughs> Fast 10 Your Seatbelts. Um, oh, we're good. <laughs> uh <laughs> That uh, I think the plan for that was to have that come out on the 20th anniversary, but you know that plan's blown now. All right, number two at the box office in the weekend the Fast and Furious came out was Doctor Doolittle two, and starring Eddie Murphy. And the number three was Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Number four was Atlantis: The Lost Empire. Five wow. was Shrek. Six was Swordfish. Seven was Pearl Harbor. Eight was Moulin Rouge. Nine was Evolution, and of course, number ten was The Animal, starring Rob Schneider. So they really cleared the lane for, at all pun intended, for <laughs> the Fast and Furious to just really lay the groundwork for what it is today. Yeah, there's really not any, like, the only movie that comes close to it is Swordfish. Hmm. And then, yeah, what else is in there? Number 14 was Memento. Let's see what it, if it was number one. Up, oh, it was dethroned the following by AR artificial intelligence, AI artificial intelligence. <laughs> uh, well, you know, shit's gonna happen. Okay, scary movie two opened up the next week. Let's see if that climbed at the box the box office. It did. Oh my god! Sorry, scary movie two, of course, is the best scary movie. So it started off at number eight at the box office, and then it jumped up in the number two. Man. Scary Movie 2 definitely ages the best of a whole hunk of movies that don't age that well to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Largely on the back of uh, Chris Elliott and uh, and the Wayans. Dude, Chris Elliott in that damn movie. Ugh. I just recently started rewatching or trying to... I started watching Shit's Creek a couple years ago and then like kind of fell off and then now I've just decided just to restart it. Chris Elliott right out the gate. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, how did I get into the Fast and Furious franchise? Well, I rented it from Blockbuster. That was it. Uh, I was like, that movie looks cool and I rented it. <laughs> hey, man. That's a good gut instinct. And then after Two Fast and Furious, I fell off until left and then until Fast Five came back. Wow, so not a Fast and Furious. You didn't want to. You didn't want to give it another chance. I'm like, good. We'll 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 have we'll get a into litigation that. of Tokyo Drift, as as we must, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, Tokyo Drift. I I don't know. I feel like I've been hard on it, but I'm really, I'm willing to. I need to. Re, we're gonna rewatch it. So or I'm gonna rewatch it. You might watch it. Jury's out. Jury's still out on if I'm going to watch Tokyo Drift. So, because that one, you've only seen the first, you've only seen the last, what, 15 minutes of it? I've seen the last seven to ten minutes of that movie almost a hundred times, having worked at a movie theater the year that came out in 2000, the summer of 2006. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've seen the first... <sighs> If I'm being generous, 20 minutes of that movie once and then ejected the movie from my player and gave it away. Um, I want to talk about uh, what happened to me this week in regard to Blu-rays since we were talking about it earlier and you just mentioned that you gave away your Blu-ray. I, of course, bought all the Fast and Furious movies, including Hobbs and Shaw from Amazon. 
and Amazon somehow lost my package. And I swear up and down, it was taken by a crew of Honda Civics armed with harpoon guns. I'm saying this as a segue to get into the movie. So I'm glad that we're finally getting into the movie. Uh, Most of that's my fault that we haven't. But something I've never... I don't know how many times I've rewatched this movie, but it's been it's enough. Uh-huh. And something I'm gonna love is finding the new things that I've never noticed before or never interrogated in my own mind before. Mm-hmm. And this happens to coincide with me rewatching The Wire right now, and I've most recently finished season two, so I'm ultra sensitive to ports and cans and <laughs> who. I want to know, we're almost 10 movies into this fucking franchise, and I want to know who in the hell that Nikki Sabatka fucking horse face motherfucker was that gave them the call to let them know what truck it was going to be on. That's a good ass question. We've never explored this before. That's where all of this stuff starts is with that guy. Have we okay? First of all, was he played by the the actor who played Frank Sabatka, and also was he in a Geico commercial? Uh, he is. He's not played by Chris Bauer, nor is he played by Pablo Schreiber. Uh, you, in fact, you only see the back of his head, so he would most look possibly like Horseface from season two of The Wire. Actor's uh, name I do not know offhand. Let's look him up. <laughs> Since we're in the looking up mood, man, I kind of don't want to know that, that actor's name. I like. How about I, I look up the actor's name and then don't tell you? How's that? Oh well, that's very frustrating. But actually, you know what? I don't care, so I'm not going to look it up. Oh man, that's a good question because like, there's so many things in this movie that like, because this is of course back before like Marvel Cinematic Universes and whatnot, and. You're, I'm watching this movie thinking, like, why didn't they bring so-and-so back? Why didn't they bring this this thing back? Like, there's so many details in this movie that I was like, oh, man, they could have brought that back in a later movie. But they didn't. You know who it was? Dom's brother. You know what? This is a question. This is a, a, a perfect opportunity to promote the Patreon, because next week on the Patreon, ArcadeAudio.net, or excuse me, you can go to ArcadeAudio.net to find the Patreon, but you can also go to patreon.com slash arcade audio and watch or listen to our commentary in which we watch fast and furious spy racers on Netflix, Netflix original baby. That's coming out. So the main character is Dom's nephew. Yes. So unless there are more hidden branches on the Toretto family tree, <laughs> we can only assume that this child is John Cena's character's son. Or we have another Toretto that they don't even bother to mention. But that's what that's what I meant by hidden branches. Because we have, because uh, I think John Cena's Jacob Toretto. I think that was the name they announced for F nine. Uh huh. And so we got him, and then we got Mia Mia yeah. Toretto now oh, O'Connor, and then uh, I'm gonna look up F nine. I'm just the, I'm the I'm the Oracle. Of this podcast, I'm just gonna look up all the information. <laughs> I mean, Oracle. we got a fucking 23 and me, the whole Toretto line. Oh, so. oh, well, Eddie does have a last name is Ortiz, according to the. Were we talking about that before the podcast? How yes, I was saying that Letty was the only person who didn't have a last name. Oh man, yeah, Jacob Toretto, spelled with a K. 
So we have we have uh, Dominic Toretto is the oldest. I want to say I think they established that Jacob Toretto. I guess he's the middle child, and then Mia. I'm sure there's a kid, another kid in there somewhere. I don't know if I can handle that. But to be honest, me and you have not watched that episode, the first episode of Fast and Furious Spy Racers, so they may explain it. it they very well may explain this family tree conundrum. But if they keep just like appearing Toretto's out of nowhere as they need, yeah. you know, like that's going to get a little, little frustrating. Um, yeah. Stall while I go find a pin. I don't have a pin. Oh my, how do I not have a pin? I'm at my, I'm at my desk and I don't have a pin. I'm going to say I don't have a pen over and over and over again until I can find a pen. Scoop-a-doop-doo, trying to find a pen. Doing a great job of stalling, by the way. <laughs> you, you keep going. Oh, I'm just my like, goodness. All right. I, if, what, anyway, I'm trying to... Uh, something See? I want to establish on this podcast is a timeline of events. <laughs> because yeah. this first movie... This is 2001 with a bullet. We'll say that because... That's the year it came out, and plus we got a bunch of 2001 technology, like Nextel chirp phones, mm-hmm. as well as Panasonic Floppy DVD uh, computers, DVD yeah. players. So I'm gonna go ahead and start that up this timeline. So I was gonna do it in notes. All right, so this is 2001 with a bullet, right? Yes. The only landmark thing to happen in the year 2001. Besides, of course, the uh, Jay-Z album Blueprint that came out uh, in sep- sometime in September 2001. Good call. <laughs> That's a joke I always go to, and I don't know why. Probably because it makes me laugh. All right, so we've established that we don't know who the hell this guy is at the pier. Um, does he co- does he come back later in the movie? No. Like, he may come back off screen as the person that, you know, gives Dom the heads up while they're at race wars, which Mm -hmm. boy, if there's anything, talk all you want about the DVD players and so on and so forth. And the technology, there's anything that starting the day they started production, the day that they wrote a script for this movie day by day, something that hasn't aged to, that has just keeps aging worse is the fact that they go to an event called race wars. Yeah. I remember that uh, when I watched it last time we recorded this, cause it's not the first time we recorded this first episode. Um, I was like, I was like, well, that's, that's really the name of it. <laughs> it's a race wars. <laughs> and you brought, you brought up the fact that that might be a real event. Yes. Yeah. Which the fact that it possibly is a real event, Boy, not my idea of a good time. Um, anytime you want me to look up some facts about stuff, just go Oracle like Batman and I will look it up. Oracle. All right, looking it up. Actually, Ramsey. Would Ted or Ramsey be more of the looking up person? Um, if we're in the garage, I feel like it would be Tej. If we're in a car, it would be Ramsey's, Ramsey in the, uh, in the passenger seat. It's very true. There's a Race Wars podcast. That's... About which race wars? I don't know. That's the second thing that pops up. Third thing is GIF. 
third one or fourth one is uh, USA and then Fast and Fast Furious and then movie and then in California. I'm not going to look that one up. Um, event. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. Jeez. Wait a minute. Uh, never mind. It's a drag race event in, in the Fast and the Furious. That's what it says right here. But there's a website that's Race Wars USA. Well. Tour dates and tickets. It's coming to Florida. What? Never mind. It's postponed. Well, at least they're responsible. <laughs> yeah. Everything's postponed except for the March 8th one. With what That already happened. Yeah, everything's postponed. Good for you, Race Wars. But this is a touring event. And I don't know when it started. So this could have started after Fast and Furious. I'm just going to go ahead and say, off of the popularity it gained from Fast and Furious, it then turned into a touring event. The same way there's been a Fast and Furious uh, arena show. Yeah. Their website's powered by GoDaddy. That's all I know. I don't have any other information besides that. Um, But yeah, so they... It's it's just established right at the gate. There's a crew, and they're you know they don't reveal who the crew is yet. That's but. two things uh, on this rewatch that I really liked. They didn't reveal the, who the crew was right off the bat, just like in Point Break, where we're not going to make the comparison. But unlike Point Break, <laughs> they um, they didn't reveal that Brian was a cop until like. Maybe like around the halfway point. Yeah, yeah, it was at least around like the uh, end of the first, beginning of the second act. Felt like. like you, you just assume he's just a guy who works at a auto body shop and just loves, you know, tuna sandwiches with no crust. Getting, I always love to get. Everyone knows the best sandwiches are at auto garages. Oh yeah. What? What? Also, <laughs> also the best coffee. Also the best coffee. Uh, as far as like a business plan, like a business model, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna have an auto garage slash small grocery slash sandwich bar slash uh, <laughs> slash exhibit where we show off a man in a cage eating a eating and drinking. <laughs> I also love, uh, so we're at the point where, yeah, Brian, he's been going to this, uh, to, to get, to eat at the, at the Toretto's garage slash, uh-huh. uh, pharmacy counter, uh, where you can get a malt and, uh, do you think and, he gets an egg cream know, on, on certain days? Um, and we are for the, the first line. That we are introduced to from Dominic Toretto is a joke. It's a quip. What, what does he say? He, uh, some of the effect of like, so like Brian's getting his ass kicked or something like that. Uh, and he says to me, it's like, it's like, uh, fuck, I should have written, written it down. Some of the effect of like, hey, your sandwiches aren't that good or some shit yeah. like that. Like, arguably one of the most like, just gravelly, ultra serious, over serious characters in movies. He's very the first stoic. line out of his mouth is a fucking joke. I, you know, you know what probably happened. Nobody laughed at that joke, and then he got jilted. 
<laughs> like he felt he felt like he's like I guess I got to be serious from now on. I, or I like to think it was like more spiteful. Like all right, fine, no one gets jokes anymore. You don't get my jokes. Do you think Dom when he's by himself does like stand up routines in the mirror? <laughs> And then, like, lady walks in, like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, no, nothing, nothing. <coughs> uh, it's like, why are you wearing that? What's up with all these props? Like, he's a prop comic. <laughs> he does a lot of mechanic uh, you know, prop I like humor. I say my life, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. And then I take showers a half mile at a time. But I like to live my secret life a magnificent mile at a time. That's like local Chicago work, and we all know local work. Get, yeah. Local jokes get you local work. He follows that up with a uh, women be shopping. That's what dumb. <laughs> he does that kind of material. Anyone notice how women be shopping for only air filters? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dumb. We need to. We need a stand up album from dumb. Anyway, so I almost beat a guy to death with a wrench. They reveal he got two years in prison for that. He almost killed a person and only got two years. Which is, yes, crazy. But he also got banned from ever racing at that track or whatever, any other track. Yeah. Meanwhile, he has gone on to receive extradition worldwide. Or not extradition, but but uh, immunity worldwide. Had his <laughs> entire record wiped. But, but he still can't... Go and race at this one track. Has he even tried? I wonder if he tried to go back and they were like, no, no, no. And then like Kurt Russell shows up. like, come on, he's got immunity. And they're like, no, motherfucker, he beat the shit out of somebody with a wrench. <laughs> like, I saw what he did. That guy's a janitor now. And he has to take the bus to work. No, motherfucker, he ain't coming back. Now, and I'm going to take the opportunity to make try and make this connection at any point possible. Uh-huh. What are the chances... That he's now fully recovered, and then he's got into a life of crime of his own, but that that person that he beat with a wrench that almost killed their dad is Jacob Toretto. Well, first of all, he says the guy by name. No, I know, <laughs> but when it was leading up to that, I'm just like, boy, I hope they don't say that guy's name, because... Like, when they show the picture of the guy all stitched up and stuff like yeah, that... Yeah, I like, thought he was John Cena. With a lot of like reconstructive surgery that you could easily say that that's John Cena. What if that is the case? That's another let's put that another let's put the uh put that up on the theory board. So we got we got two standing theories right now when it comes to the Fast and Furious F9. We got that Jacob Toretto connection, and we also got the fact that Edwin's actually now a monk who lives in a temple who protects a uh I forget what he protected. It was some kind of, uh, I think it was the Fountain of Youth or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it was something like that. Because I'm thinking the next Lazarus one's in Indiana Jones. Is that what it was? Lazarus Pit. Uh, another reference to Batman because I've been playing a lot of Batman Arkham Knight recently. There you go. <laughs> so, um, do we want to talk about the first heist with the harpoons and all that shit? I mean, this is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty. Um, a lot of it seems unnecessary for uh, reaching their goal of just stealing the items in the truck because, like I, I, if you already have an inside person at the port, season two of The Wire, super underrated, by the way. I so enjoyed uh, that rewatch of season two of The Wire. It's, it took me a year to get through season two of The Wire. I'm I mean, sorry to say. 
that first mainly because I kept because it's just it's just not what you're used to. I kept forgetting what episode I was on because all the thumbnails on HBO uh, now at the time look exactly the same to me. I was like, what fucking episode <laughs> is this? It's just either Chris Bauer hunched over looking in a direction or it's Dominic West with like a smirk on his face. It's yeah, they're all the same. They're all exactly the same. Oh man. By the way, the guy that plays uh who's the little guy? The little guy with the car that gets stolen? Ziggy? Yeah. He's great in the uh it chapter two. Yeah. And uh I was recently uh uh stepping in to produce um an episode of uh, Queer Movie Night, which will be coming back soon. And uh, that guy is also in Tangerine, which is a, a spoiler, one of the movies that are coming up. Pretty um, good movie. And I haven't seen it, but he also plays a character named Chester in that. And Ziggy's real name in The Wire is Chester. Wow. Yeah. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's excessive because they have three civics. And do they use two harpoon guns? Feels like it, yeah. Like I know Leon is the of course the the cops guy. He's the police scanner guy. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, but like the it seems like the only thing different in the last heist versus this one. The only thing that went wrong was the fact that the 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 trucker had a shotgun. Yeah, but the point being, like, if you already have an inside person at the port, then then you can, if you cut enough people in, I'm I'm hoping that they're making a lot of money with the amount of money that they're fucking sinking into these goddamn cars. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be able to cut enough people into where you can just control who's driving the truck from when it leaves. You know, that's what the Greek did. Sorry, I am, like, drawing way too many comparisons <laughs> to The Wire, and I need to stop because it's, I'm gonna tell you it's honestly, real- it's hindering the enjoyment, I'm sure. I'm going to tell you this. What you're suggesting is not fast enough, and it's not furious enough. You're right. You're right. That's all it comes down to. It's got to be fast, and it's got to be furious. You're right. All right? I'm glad I I could talk you down from this ledge. Now, may I please criticize the fact that they shouldn't have neon lights under their cars? What is the point of that? It it, it looks cool, okay? It looks cool, okay? It looks cool, but... You're then just easily identifiable now. That's true. I mean, well, the thing about the thing with Brian, when later in the movie, when he's looking at uh, Hector's cars, he says that they have, uh, he lists all this stuff, like how they have, like, you know, the engine parts and like the, all the undercarriage parts and whatnot. Mm. And he says, the, he's like, but the um, tires, the tires, no mention of neon lights. Which is a very easy thing to look for. Yeah. Here, here's also a theory about Brian. He's not a good cop. No. And not in a in a good cop, bad cop situation. I mean, he's not a competent cop. Because any other competent cop would actually learn how to, like, like they would at least try and find somebody who knows how to race. Like, he can't race for shit. Why did they pick him? He's... The first scene we see him in, he's practicing yeah. when he's already got the job. <laughs> All right, I'm going to compare it to Point Break real quick. The thing about Johnny Utah, when they got Keanu Reeves, the character Johnny Utah, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say the names because I know you haven't seen the movie yet. Thank you. Um, 
the th- the reason I think they got him, well, first of all, because he was put on the case and he thought they were surfers. But Johnny Utah was a star quarterback at the University of Kansas, I want to say. It was some Midwest thing. And I think it was might have been Nebraska. But like they, they chose Johnny Utah to be the most Midwest dude ever. And so his natural athletic ability from being a quarterback, of course, led him to become a quick learner when it comes to surfing. Yeah. Makes well, sense. Whereas they don't establish anything like that for Brian O'Connor, which kind of just makes him come come off as pretty dumb. Yeah. Also, I uh, noticed during the SWAT t- the 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 suit up scene for the whenever they were doing the SWAT raids on Johnny Tran, um, Brian put his mask on wrong and had his nose sticking out. And I'm pretty sure somebody probably like, dude, you gotta you gotta tuck that nose under that mask. Tuck that nose in, man. Yeah. Also, uh, it's uh, it's it's. <laughs> Pretty pretty hard to justify, like, wearing a mask to conceal his identity when he's got those piercing, steely blues. Them eyes. I got lost in them at one point. I'll tell you that much. Like, th- those eyes floated his career until he figured out how to act. Yeah. For, all right. He's His acting is rough in the first two movies. Yeah. He's better in the... He is better in the second, but yes. Yeah. Fast and Furious... By the way, Fast and Furious, uh, it has a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a worse score than Too Fast and Tokyo Drift. And it's a better movie, in my opinion. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. It is. I feel like the score was largely based on the uh, appearance of it being a cash grab. But when you go back and rewatch and revisit that movie, it is good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that more in the upcoming weeks of Quarter Mile of Time, a Fast and Furious podcast here on Arcade Audio. Go to uh, Patreon. We've already, we've already mentioned Tuna No Crust, which is um, the order of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to point out real quick. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the range of people that order order. Order from a restaurant a sandwich, any sandwich, much less a tuna sandwich with no crust, ranges from baby to serial killer. I can't think of the last time I ordered a sandwich. I get like a chicken sandwich or something like that. Yeah. Like a grilled chicken sandwich or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. But not, no, I'm not getting like a fucking ham sandwich. Right. Especially if I'm not getting tuna from a garage. Now, yeah. Roast beef. I'll probably get a roast beef sandwich. Uh, a French dip be- sandwich. I'll get one of those. Before we leave this scene of the fight at at Dom's garage. So eventually he's eating his tuna sandwich and the rest of the crew rides up. And Vince, obviously having a thing for Mia, in a you jealous sure? rage, uh, picks a fight with Brian and then Dom comes out, breaks up the fight, and while Vince is being held back, he does utter the line, What's up with this guy? What is he, sandwich crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Which is... <laughs> I, I'm so excited to start to... to I'm excited 
look, everyone, wear your mask so we can all go back to bars and I could pick fights and say, what is this guy? Blank crazy? Yeah. What is this guy? Wahlburgers crazy? You got to say that on Wahlburgers. <laughs> got to say it. Hey, uh, you cut in front of me a line? What are you, halal guys crazy? <laughs> What are you, what are you, what are you, wings crazy? And of course I'm talking about the surf shop. <laughs> Where else am I going to buy a little hermit crab in a, in a plexiglass case? <laughs> Where else am I going to get a shark in a, in a, in a, um, from out of hide in a, in a, in a flask? Where else am I going to get a long t-shirt with airbrushed bikini on it? Where, where, huh? Yeah, where? that's right. I am wings crazy. Uh... <laughs> It's just like in in the actual context of of the character of Vince of just this just fucking meathead. A lot of shit he does. The perfect line for him to say. I want to. Okay, first uh, before uh, one last thing with this scene. Uh, Brian's undercover name is Brian Earl Spilner. That does not roll off the tongue well at all. Brian Earl Spilner. You can make up any name in the world. Also, I have the line here that Dom said uh, after Mia tells him to go break it up. He says, what'd you put in that sandwich? Uh, <laughs> it's the last joke he ever makes in the franchise. Yeah. And then and then crickets and then <laughs> fine. No more. No more diesel fuel <laughs> jokes for you. Do you think he was going to open mics? You're all cut off. You don't you don't get to be blessed with my Bill Hicks-esque wit. <sighs> Dominate Toretto going to open mics. I love it. <laughs> I love the idea. Oh man. Okay, uh the next the, the, the part in the next scene, because you know he tells him he tells Brian, uh, you work for Harry. Well, you just you just got fired. And then cut to he's at Harry's auto place, and he's of course rushing through trying to all that stuff. And there's and they're like Harry's yelling at Brian about well you know his call with Dominic or whatever. Yeah. And then he's looking around trying to figure out what he needs, and he goes, "I need Nos." And if you look in the background, the wall is covered in Nos stickers. <laughs> Harry, where do we keep the Nos? <laughs> That's half the shop, Brian. We got 18 canisters right outside. I think your mattress is made out of NOS canisters. <laughs> Which, all right, we know Brian's undercover. Why does his cover involve him sleeping at Harry's? Yeah, that is wholly unnecessary. Like, he could still just have, like, an apartment. Yeah. What if like, they paired up? What if they gave Brian an apartment and then paired him up with a roommate? I would Look, love to man, see that's that. That's just deepening the cover, you know. Instead, they just blew all their budget on some freaking ex Hollywood star's house with a bridge in the front yard. Uh, man, we got a. We haven't gotten there yet, and I have a bang up idea for a spinoff movie based sure, on. Sure, we, uh, we repossessed it. Yeah, so and so built this house for Halo uh, Lamar. I don't know who, what, he, who, what it was. Good Lord, I think that was, uh, that seemed like the house. Uh, this is a very weird uh, connection with this house. I think that house is the house that uh, Walter Matthau lives in in the film Hanging Up, starring Meg Ryan, Diane Keaton, and I forget who else is in that movie. I'm pretty sure that's the same house. 
Brian, you ever see the the, the Walter Matthau film Hanging Up? And this Tell is that the, house. <laughs> talking about with Meg Ryan? Yeah, that's Brian's frame of reference for any movie. He's like, you talking about with Meg Ryan? <laughs> yeah, uh, Meg Ryan is in that picture. Yeah, you ever, you ever see the big old fat girl? <laughs> Sergeant Tanner always asking about the big old fat girl. With Meg Ryan? No, I've never seen that one. <laughs> Damn it, Brian. <laughs> What if Brian and Sergeant Tanner like started up a movie podcast together in which they only watch Meg Ryan movies? No, it's about uh, it's about famous houses in movies. Oh my! Th- you know what? Good concept for a podcast. I listen to that. The history it, of these houses. Zillow would. It's sp- <laughs> yeah, it's sponsored by Zillow. Oh come on, we're we're uh, we're not going to host it. We got to find somebody else to do it. Exactly. Well, like I, I just want that creator credit. That's all. I don't want that research. <laughs> I don't want to do that research. Uh, anyway, um, so the next thing was the is the race, right? For, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, uh. Which, it's at this point that the amount of needle drops in such oh, a short ins- amount of time is is physically jarring. Yeah. They go from Good. a Jaw Rule song... To a Limp Biscuit song. Yes. To DMX. Uh, fucking like two more songs, like in the in the span of like fucking a minute and a half. That's now that is Fast and Furious. Yes. Well that's I, I don't know. I, I guess they, he was going for like a diegetic thing where like, you know, the car radios or whatever. I'm assuming. If that's what they were going for, didn't quite pull it off. Yeah, as I was watching, I was like, ah, yes, of course. The random cuts to the different cars. There's different music, and the music is coming out of those cars. Ah, I see it. This is coming from a man who's played a lot of Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) True, 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 true. I'm just assuming that. Of course, Um, uh, we're introduced to Edwin in this scene, which he's hands down my favorite part of this movie. I got to admit. You know, it's he's he's really... (laughs) complicated character because in some ways you're very sympathetic and in other ways you know he's he's a he's a villain you know in 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 a certain context was he lied to yes (laughs) he was lied to his face he was jilted uh (laughs) there was a uh so i'm heavy on the website letterboxd it's like social media. I don't know if you know. It's like social media for movies. Um, <laughs> the people I follow, I follow the artist uh, Branson Reese, and his review of uh, Fast and Furious, I need to find it. Uh, <laughs> well, I typed in the Fast and Furious, and the first thing that popped up was, uh, of course, Furious 7, because that makes sense. Uh, his review of this movie on Letterboxd is Ja Rule enters a street race because if he wins he'll get to have a threesome and then somebody passes him he screams no Monica Menage those are his three lines that I remember from this movie oh man poor Edwin man I just can't get over the fact that he looks so small in that car he He looks like a he looks like a preteen driving that car. He's you like know, short round from Timbala Doom in that car. A, a large individual. Oh man, well now we gotta look up his height. Oracle. Look up Ja Rule's height. And also his current whereabouts. He's uh he's still he's he's still on that island. 
I need to know. Ja rule five ja? nine. Ja is five nine. Wow, I don't believe just like that. Royce. I don't believe that. <laughs> <coughs> oh, pardon me. <clears throat> I don't believe that for a second. Uh, Either that or that car is very, very big. Also, I believe it's not one of the same women that Vin walks up to, no, excuse me, Dom walks up to when they first get there. But he does name both of them, and one of their names is Monica. Which, that's, so a, that's a completely avoidable thing. Just like, just, well, also, is that more realistic, though? We talking multiple of, Monicas? Yeah. Like, why doesn't that happen more in shows? Like, it's, it's very realistic that, like, you, we know multiple people with the same name. Yeah. You know no. what? That gets confusing for the viewer, though. I know, but if they're trying to get you know, <clears throat> diegetic with the needle drops uh, with all the cars, like... You could throw in some realism. Maybe they did. Maybe that's what they did is they threw in some realism, having two Monicas in the same place. Or they could do the high school thing like you're Monica S and you're Monica, you're Monica T. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what was it? What, what were we saying about the race? Well, there's, um, there's just like a whole lot going on at the race, man. Like there's like way too, it's like way too much of a gathering of people. Uh, and that's not even like the actual race spot. That's just kind of like where they're, that's like the, the pre-show. Almost. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. Well, I mean, growing up in small town, small time, that's a small town and small town south, um, a lot of people like to meet up in places with cars. That is true. That is true. So that, that, that tracks. But yeah, so yeah. you're getting introduced to Edwin, you're getting introduced to Hector, uh, you're reintroduced to Dom and the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brian rolls up by himself because <laughs> that already would just be like, like raise. Uh, we'll just say it. Fuck, Vince is right the entire time about Brian. That's why he needs a roommate. That's why we need to establish a roommate character for Brian so his cover is more believable. He needs a friend. That's yeah. what he learned. And took to Too Fast, Too Furious is like, yeah, you can't just go undercover by yourself. You need a like, you should always be on the lookout if someone shows up new with no friends. What if he rolled up with Ted Levine, Sergeant Tanner, and uh, that would be different? <gasps> oh, I would actually kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, you see that? Yeah, a lot of cars here. I see that big old fat girl. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say big old fat girl as Ted Levine every time. I apologize, listener. I love Ted Levine. He's uh he's one of my favorite parts of the movie Heat. I love him yeah. in this movie. And um he's great as Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs, but guess what? Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs is his most iconic character, and I love saying big old fat girl in that uh, voice. Are we uh, are we racing for pinks? <clears throat> uh, by yeah. pinks I mean hot dogs. Is that big old fat girl? <laughs> Sergeant Tanner. Oh, man. Do you think Tanner's named after Tanner from the driver video games? Might be a little fun connection. Yes. I've looked it up, and this is true. No, really? I've looked nothing up. I'm just blind confidence. Just like Oracle. Blind confidence. (laughs) Oracle's not blind. She's in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's right. Well, (laughs) handicapped. Who am I thinking of? You know, it's a. Who are you thinking of? I don't know. 
uh, 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 real sidebar real quick, a screwed up part about Arkham Knight is that you, you can do that x-ray mode in Batman's vision or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can see the bullet still in her spine. Wait, what? So in Wait, Batman Arkham... hold on. No. In Batman Arkham Knight, you can do x-ray, like, finding... It's like, it's, I think it's called detective mode. Yes. And Oracle's in her chair at the police precinct after you rescue her, spoiler alert, in the game. And uh, you can see her spine, and she has the bullet still lodged in her spine that the Joker shot Oh, into my her. God. Yeah. That's grim, but accurate, at yeah. least. I mean, she is fucking there. Batman. Grim as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, this race is chaotic. Uh, not chaotic. Yeah, it's chaotic. Let's just say that. If, if Batman were in L.A., and he was tasked with figuring out who's been robbing all of these trucks. It would have this been a be... much shorter episode because he would have just rolled up on him with the Batmobile. Yeah. And that would have been that. Yeah. And uh, if we're talking about the technology used from the Batman Arkham games, uh, he would easily, of course, uh, reconstruct the scenes of the crashes and whatnot and figured out the tire treads and whatnot and matched it up exactly with with uh, who was driving them and who bought them and whatnot. Which is more or less what happens in Fast and Furious. You know what? It's true. Well, actually, Brian doesn't find out until Mia. Get it? Yeah, Mia's like, they keep him at this aqueduct. Where the fuck were they keeping those cars? They were keeping them, yeah, from like like a, by a, 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 like a water tower or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what even like a cool where place. Where store gas. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Oh, man. Okay, the part about the race that I really I wrote down and really enjoyed was the fact that Brian quantum leaps during the, <laughs> during the uh, whenever he hits the NOS. Yeah, he really, that camera move just, or sequence or whatever, kills me how it warps. And like, it's like he's going, I don't know. This is it's become cliche. This, this is point, where we but. find out that Brian doesn't know math, because he he knows going into this race, he has two shots of Nas, and any he, and he's going up against very good racers. Yeah. So you would, um, you would ha- you you got to go in assuming they have just as many shots of Nas as you do. I want to talk have- about Dominic. Uh, all his shit's hidden. Like he's James Bond or some shit. And that was really cool. You know, maybe at one point in time, he was a spy racer. Whoa. Maybe he got the car from his brother, who is, of course, the father to Tony Toretto. Uh, Is Jess, Jess his name, the smart kid? Jesse, yeah. Yeah, he's... He's uh, he's obviously Q. Yeah, of course. And then later on, Ramsey becomes Q. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just very it, it was like, boy, this Brian's a blockhead. Yeah, he's he sucks, dude. Because he thought he like was in it, and then comes <laughs> and then comes back, like. Further, worse than dead last, yeah. With a busted ass car that I don't know how is still working five minutes later when they have to. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, let's. I, 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 
I want to get over this race because yeah, we know we we all know about this race. It's long and Brian fucks up and you know all this stuff. And there's a guy playing PlayStation's car, and of course, Ja Rule yells Menage, and he comes back and said, "I almost had you." Ugh. Like, you're just, and then then it does become a little bit of Dom Toretto open mic night because it's 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 more of like uh, he turns into like Jeffrey Ross or. <laughs> It's it becomes like, a roast battle. You never had me. You never had your car. Granny the, shifting. The Comedy Central <laughs> roast of Brian Spillner. That's what it <laughs> turns like, into. Okay, so maybe that, that wasn't the last joke that he told. Because he got a few cracks in later on. But, yeah, just like... I, I don't. That's not even like false bravado or whatever. I, I don't even know like what his idea is there of like... And then they open the car and the thing's basically like a hibachi... With all yeah. the steam coming off it. And then five minutes later, he's, he's good enough to, like, you know, evade the police. The car's fine. You really rolled that R when you said good enough. That was that was nice. Good I don't enough. know if you noticed he did. <laughs> yeah, uh, the part with the, the I wrote this down. The, the uh, Brian's car is fucked up, yet he's able to outrun the cops. Also, he lost the floorboards in the car, so Dom's feeder does Flintstone in it. <laughs> Just hanging out. <laughs> in shambles yeah and yeah they're able to outrun these cops like he's fucking brian gosling and drive like it's like like when did he get this good at, 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 at i guess he's good at driving away from stuff but just not good at racing yeah yeah he's good well you know uh dom does ask like if he was a wheelman or something so yeah, that's true um and then Back they in find Arizona. themselves in the wrong part of town in uh tran territory yeah and so they get into that the whole scuffle, kerfuffle. Um, I want to oh. talk about, real quick, um, because of Johnny Tran, we're introduced to his cousin Lance, Boy. who's, of course, wearing some snake pants. Lance with the snake pants. There is a lot of leather pants in this movie. There was a lot of leather pants in 2000 and 2001. Like, Letty's wearing a leather skirt. She's wearing leather pants. I think Dom's wearing leather pants at some point. I know for a fact Vince is wearing leather pants with his two tank tops. Oh, thank you very much, because I have a rule. There's one rule. There's one rule that should ever exist in any of these movies. Uh-huh. And they've done a very good job of, of, of really making way to, to prove that, that there are no rules except this one rule that should exist. One uh-huh. tank top at a time. He's wearing two. Everything about the being of Vince is a <laughs> macroaggression. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I really focused on him and like I hate him, but I love him. Th- this particular viewing, like I'll go in and out on like focusing on different characters. This particular viewing was a very Vince heavy viewing. Uh, between what are you sandwich crazy and <laughs> the amount of tank tops and we're gonna get to the pit the, the the cookout but like the way he aggressively drinks he fucking waterfalls that water down that corona gullet, as though he is a, a loony tune and then later later on towards the end when he is shot and his arm is bleeding and thank God Brian has his choice of 12 belts that Vince is wearing. I wrote that down. I said, I said the only movie to feature a stud of belt use is a tourniquet question mark. <laughs> like Vince kept a hot topic in business for a decade. 
Yeah, he's he's probably fu- you know after this movie he was probably I don't know if if he whenever he got out of the hospital he probably decided to turn his life around and he's a fucking he runs a hot topic in a galleria somewhere. Vince walks into the hot topic, points the mannequin and goes, "Give me that." <laughs> exactly. My dude's wearing he's wearing a camouflage tank top with the black mesh over it, leather pants, studded belt. And like that is he he saw that and was like I'm going out for the day. This is a good look. I'm gonna go to a, I'm gonna go to a house. I'm gonna watch a kung fu movie. I'm gonna make some popcorn. I'm probably gonna leave the wrapper on the popcorn packet. I'm gonna fail to make some popcorn. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break gonna... a microwave in the process. Uh, do you know? Because they say it at one point in the movie. Do you know how old Vince is supposed to be? Twenty three. Twenty four. Wow. My ass. Yeah. To quote, it's like Vin, Vin Diesel was supposed to be 28, but he was actually like 38 when this movie came out. To quote Fletcher Reed from Liar Liar, yeah, in my bra. Yeah, in your <laughs> bra. Fuck me. I fucked it up. I'm going to oh, take man. this again. All to right, quote let's do Fletcher it. Reed from Liar Liar, yeah, in your bra. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just fucking put down Vince is 24. 24? No oh way. God. That's a hard that's, like, um, that's a Florida 24. Yeah, for real. That's a haggard 24. He's been through some stuff. But yeah, um, something you brought up was that Vince, no matter how much of a douchebag he is and whatever, he's right about Brian being a cop. It's a tough pill to swallow. And he can be wrong about every life choice he he can be, but he's on the money from the jump that he is a cop. And he almost convinces Dom in that very scary scene uh, where they knock him out and like Vince comes out of the shadows and it's a very good shot. And I would love someone to overdub the audio from that shot with audio from Beauty and the Beast. With Bell saying, come into the light. <laughs> hey, we have the technology. We can do it. You know what? I'm going to do that, and I'm going to put it on the Instagram. Follow us on Quarter Mile to Time Pod on Instagram. When this episode comes out, check the Instagram, and that day, guess what, baby? That video is going to be up, oh, that Rich. So please, happy. please text me to remind me to make this video. <laughs> I will. Because I will forget. <laughs> uh yeah, that's a good shot. That whole scene, um, I know we're jumping around a lot, but like that You've scene, right? You know what happens. We're yeah, you know what happens. To, to synopsize for you. Yeah, I'm just looking at my notes real quick. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a pretty, it's, what I, when I watched it this time, what I didn't understand is, okay, they're following Brian. Why do they give a fuck that he's breaking into stuff? And why do they, when they see that, automatically assume he's a cop when he's breaking into stuff? Because cops normally don't break into <laughs> locations. Well, As I learned from the film Seven, that's not legal. If I had to try and 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 get this logic train on the tracks, uh, Vince has his suspicions about Brian. Mm-hmm. They know what they do, so if. He, he thinks he might be a cop. They know what he'd be looking for. And having just entered this world, he'd be looking to break into different 
garages. Maybe they were following him, and they weren't. They didn't know which garage he was going to break into. They maybe they expected him to break into theirs. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, you just kind of tail him, not knowing where he's going to lead you. Oh shit! Um, also, to go back to the uh, the incident with the trans. Uh, after it's all said and done, um, or even before, at one point, Dom m- makes mention of uh, him may have him maybe having slept with Johnny Tran's sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, later on in the movie, Mia's given the rundown of like that whole history of that whole crew and, and how... Him and Letty, like from around like sixteen years old, had like been together. Like, is Dom a fuckboy? Is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's that's whenever he first said that line about he's like, oh, I had sex with a sister. Um, yeah, like was he with Letty at the time? Right. Like, I know he was in the movie Knock Around Guys, but is he a fuck around guy? <laughs> Thank you for listening to Quarter Mile at a Time. <laughs> The Fast and Furious podcast. Next week, we're talking about Too Fast, Too Furious, starring... <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. Why would he do... Son of a bitch. I, now I hate Dom. Nope. I'm glad his stand-up career failed. Because <laughs> if he, like, had some momentum and was going out on the road, like, oh, the fidelity on the road is basically impossible. <laughs> you know what? It's good his stand-up failed. I'm yeah. glad his stand-up career failed. Tether him to that garage. Yes, please. Uh, that uh, that scene, whenever they come back to the house for the house party, uh, a line that cracked me up is that Letty says to him, you look tired. Why don't you go upstairs and give me a massage? <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> you know, that's just fun, like, couple banter. Yeah, but it's like, I, I know it's a way for her to get him away from the party and being pissed off at Leon and Vince. But... Oh God, that shit! Leon playing and, a fucking party, I know, I know he wiped it off. But when Dom hands Brian Vince's Corona, mm-hmm. like, nah, dog, I'm not sipping. I don't. No, like, I don't care. Like pre pre COVID, twenty years pre COVID, like I'm not drinking out of his something. He there's a reason why he grabbed a Snapple later in the next scene. <laughs> Oh, heavy on the Snapple, yeah. God, why didn't why didn't Snapple stock skyrocket after this movie came out? Because, That's what I want to know. Because Snapple didn't get the actual name check that Corona did. That's true. You know, Snapple. If you're listening, Snapple lady, I know you run that company. You should have. Um, you should have taken advantage of it. Look at Corona now. I mean, well, it's up there. Well. Uh, <laughs> Not now. I mean, but like, there could have been for each movie. There could have been a whole run of like limited edition Snapple with Fast and Furious facts, facts and Furious under fast the, fa- the list. Fast facts. Fast facts. There you go. <laughs> Giving us, uh, you know, dollar amount of how much money was wasted uh, on explosions and whatnot, like stuff like that. I don't know if it's in this scene or in the next scene, but. Um, the song Area Codes by Ludacris is on the soundtrack. Yes. This brings up the question. Is that Tedge or do Ludacris and Tedge exist in the same universe? Fuck. That's a great question. 
That's an incredibly which, good question. Because obviously brings, there's ludicrous song on the fast, Too Fast, Too Furious soundtrack as well. But that's not diegetic. It's non-diegetic. Right. It's not diegetic. This is, this is a, a quandary. Perhaps there is, which is very well possible with the reveal from the Fast 9 trailer of Han being back. Perhaps there is a dimensional tear. In this universe, what if uh, it turns out we're going to go to F? This is now F nine uh, theory territory. What <laughs> if? Okay, you know when they go so fast, they quantum leap and the 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 space around them warps and whatnot. What if they use that tra- in the trailers? The, there's the Pontiac Fiero. Stay with me. They drive so fast in the Pontiac Fiero that they go through a tear. That's what the warp is, and that's how they bring Han back. That's, I think that's incredibly likely. Like, additionally, like, everyone knows, you know, if you have the the right modifications to your DeLorean and you hit 88 miles per hour, you can time travel. Mm-hmm. But if you have, you know, Sparco seats and a big enough uh, spoiler on the back and you hit yeah. 125 miles an hour within a quarter mile, then you obviously tear apart the fabric of space and time. Yeah. It's a good question. Uh, but the ludicrous Tedge theory that I have in mind involves our spinoff in which we have a Tedge Roman spinoff movie. It's it's shocking to me how they haven't done just even just like a more on a more modest budget, a spinoff Roman and Tedge series of movies like. Yeah, I understand Hobbs and Shaw being first, like star power wise. But there's no reason you can't make, like, a $64 million Roman and Tej movie and it make its money back. Oh, yeah, it will. So, but that brings it up because we've discussed this before. I think in the trailer breakdown episode, we talked about a Roman Tej movie. Um, and that movie, Ludacris, is a real person. Mm. And Tej has to pose as Ludacris because they look enough alike. Because, uh, spoiler alert. Tej and Ludacris are the same person, so but not in this universe. What you're so is basically in Ocean's Twelve. I think we should do an Ocean's Twelve, yeah, situation. I think it'd be great. It'd do it a lot, probably a lot better than what they did with Julia Roberts in Ocean's Twelve. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, who would be the person in that movie that recognizes Tej as Ludacris? Well, who we got? Who we going to? Who's going to be the guest? First of all, I think we should bring. Um, what you call it? Agent Bilkins back for this movie. Okay. From yeah. the first two movies, so he's recruited the you know the two of them. And should Ramsey be in the spinoff movie? I'm just a fan of that actor, so I'd love to see her in as much as possible. To be perfectly honest, so maybe she maybe she brings it up. All right. Um, we need to set up a typewriter. Man, that was I that that was something that didn't even dawn on me that should have from that from that needle drop. Yeah, Ludacris and Tej, same universe. All right, what do we got now? Okay, next we can talk about the house and Sergeant Tanner in detail this time because I got to talk about another spinoff movie. The oh idea my. I have is it a 
a movie that uh, Sergeant Tanner retires uh, and then opens a coffee shop? Yeah, it's called Cappuccino Cop. <laughs> Cappuccino. Yeah. Yeah, let's get some high school cappuccinos in here and uh, have a big old fat girl serve them. Decaf or regular? <laughs> what does he say? Decaf? Did he say that? He like, but yeah, I really gives it a good pause. <laughs> really thinking about like not just what he wants, but what's best for the group. Yeah, and then says <laughs> decaf. He's a good sergeant. He's a good commanding officer. He really is. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I think he should have his own spinoff movie called Cappuccino Cop. I mean, it's a lighthearted movie. Where are I man? That one, that one can be even cheaper than the Roman and Tedge movie. That could, that one could be fifty million dollar budget. That could be a a ten episode streaming series. Honestly, yeah. Let's contact A twenty four see if they can get involved somehow. I think we should we can make this a, a an awards piece. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's get uh. Robert Eggers, who made The Lighthouse. Let's get him to do it. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, okay, what What's else? Next? I'm trying to think what else. Oh, so Brian brings in the new car next. Oh, yes. The, the, the beat-ass 10-second car, which is a Toyota Supra, which is one of my favorite street racing cars of all time. I had two friends. That had uh, older model Supras, and those cars just in general rule. I would argue that the the Supra he brings in is even more beat up than the car he wrecked. So he brings him an even shittier car. Yes. <laughs> like even though Tran blew it up with the machine guns and you know all the NOS explosion and whatnot, it still it looked like it was in better condition than the Supra was. I gotta tell you, the damage count on that one was uh, not good. <laughs> I'm gonna have to when I get when I finally get my damn Blu-rays in. I'm gonna have to watch uh, these movies two times: once regular and once with that special feature, and then a third time with Rob Cohen in a box in the corner. <laughs> so stupid! Why is he in a box? Why do we need to see him? Uh, is this the same? Did he direct Triple X as well? Yeah, I feel like he also movie he directed right after this. Oh man, I was gonna Google Triple X, but then I re- remember what happened last time. I tried to Google the movie Triple X. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't the trick of title of movie and then putting movie afterwards still doesn't work for that. No, it doesn't. It didn't. You got to type in Vin Diesel, triple X Vin Diesel. Then it pops up. Oh man. Horrible, horrible scarred imagery. Um, yeah. So that's a, yeah, it's a dope car. Once they get it, uh, modded up, which brings me to this. Why are they stealing DVD players when they could be running a mod shop? This is based off of my viewing of Ford versus Ferrari recently. Mm. And of course, Richard Shelby had that, you know, Shelby Cobra and all that stuff, like building all these supercars for, you know, muscle cars for people. Why can't the Toretto's be doing that to make their money instead of stealing shit? Well, even in terms of stealing shit, there's still, I just feel like there's, there's more expensive things they could be stealing, you know? That's true, but also, like, they probably could make more money if they were doing a straight-up, like, mod shop. Because, yeah. like, J- Jesse obviously had that cool... Because this this came because Jesse was doing the thing on the computer. He was like, oh, we're going to add these and blah, blah, blah. Like, add all yeah. this stuff and make it... Like, they got that technology. Why don't they... Why don't they go legitimate is what I'm asking. Vince's bad reputation. 
No one wants to work with him. Maybe. Was Vince even involved with building the car? No, Vince was off being being a baby. Maybe he was off at Hot Topic. Hot Topic? Hot Topic. Herb Topic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my next note is pretty sure Vince left the wrapper on that popcorn bag. The movie they're watching looks dope as fuck, and I tried to look up to see what movie they were watching, and I could not figure out what movie they were watching. Is that something it, you're usually able to do? Yeah, but on IMDb, there's a feature in which you can look up, like, uh, like featured in, like, movie connections, and then it says features, and it'll tell you what movie they're showing in the movie. But it... Uh, let me let me oracle that shit. <laughs> oracle, tell me what movies are being played in other movies. Oh my goodness! Well, of course, Monster Inc. is in Baby Driver. That's one. Oh yeah. Connections. Edited into. We've got oh features. Here we go. Oh fuck yeah. Really. So it's Dragon the Bruce Lee story? I gotta watch that. I've seen that movie before. That is the movie that's playing. I gotta, oh wow. I just gotta find that scene. There you go. <laughs> Turns out you'd seen it all along. Yeah, wow. Glad we kind of cracked that code. And they also showed the movie I Still Know What You Did Last Summer in that movie. It's shown playing in the background during the scene when, where it's making popcorn for the other guys. It's the other shown. guys is in this movie too? Huh? The other guys is played in this movie too? <laughs> that came out like seven years later. This makes no sense, starring Eva Mendes. It's shown playing in the background during the scene. Where is making popcorn for the other guys? Where is making popcorn? Vince is. I gotta I gotta update that on IMDB. Also, it- we really need to move on, but I don't appreciate how Mia is trying to get Brian fucking killed in this scene. <laughs> Yeah, I think she just wants to see another fight that Dom is eventually going to break up or maybe not break up this time. Are we seeing that Mia... Is she a sadist? <laughs> she, Yeah, she might be into like some really unfortunate things. Like The whole lead-up, like, oh, what's the place with the flowers and the lights, the Cuban place? Cha-cha-cha. I love the <laughs> delivery of that line. <laughs> If Vince is not in one of the next movies, I'm going to be very upset. He needed to bring him back. Well, they already did bring him back. I think he's... I'm going to not spoil anything. Uh, But... Yeah, like... And also, for Brian to just lean into it and just be like, yeah, I'll take you there. It lends further credence that he's, like, probably an idiot. Because, like, he just goes right along with it, like, yeah, absolutely. And afterwards... I'll eat your ass is what he might as well have said. But in reality, what he did was, and afterwards I'll take you to the shop room that I fucking live in. Oh yeah. Vince does come back. Spoiler alert. Forgot about that. He's also in torque. I'm looking at, uh, Matt Schultz's IMDb profile. He's in blade and blade Two, but he plays two different characters. God, you gotta love it. Um, <clears throat> so they finish the car and then they take it out for a joyride to which, uh, Dom and Brian end up on, I'm assuming that's the Pacific coast highway. I did. I looked this place up on Neptune's uh, net. 
Yes, it has a 4.4 out of 5. Yeah, it's a real place. Yeah. Um, which I would love. We should we should make that like a long-term stretch goal for us to re- like record an episode at Neptune's Net. <laughs> Just reviewing live the uh the experience. I need- but also so while they're there, like you know, they're having a fine, nice day. And then Brian feeling the pressure to like get the investigation moving along because they tried to <laughs> arrest the trans and it didn't work. So he's just sitting there chowing down on the shrimp, but like pissed off. And, Dude, the way he eats that fucking shrimp. Peel and eat shrimp is not a food you can effectively eat angry. You look like a moron. Yeah, he does. The dunking and the peeling of the shrimp that he does, I'm just like, dude, you're doing, you're, no, nobody eats shrimp like that. Like, yeah. how you getting in off that? And then Dom, of course, just decides to eat the whole thing. <laughs> so, uh, something I didn't realize uh, until um, I <clears throat> started uh, dating Charlie and hanging out with her dog is that you can... D- that dogs can eat shrimp tails They love them mm-hmm. uh, And So now I'm just like man does Dom have the same Like Like <laughs> digestive system as a dog Dom is a unique individual okay He's of course a, f- really? a failing stand up Weird digestive problems And That's all I can think of right now Um yeah, God. As someone that's that that loves shrimp, that was just such a distracting thing. It's such an important scene because that's what leads them to race wars. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what my notes just says. Neptune's net, and then <laughs> have a breakdown of two things that happen. I just wrote, "Watch how Brian eats his shrimp," and then Dom eats his shrimp whole? Question mark Because he takes a bite and you don't see Dom peel it. Yeah, and he just I think he just chunks the tail in there. That might be one of those things where it's just like like some people just don't ever they'll never have eaten like seafood or something like that. Or, yeah. And so they just don't know. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, but they've only ever seen other people eat seafood like in media. So it's just like, yeah, you just hold it by the tail and you just bite it. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, no. That's like uh, I've seen people eat sunflower seeds whole. Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't gross. know how that works because they just chew them up and that shit is pointy. Yeah, it's very pointy. I don't know. Very disgusting. So they get the um, race wars. Yeah, race um, wars. The part about race wars, the only part, the only thing I wrote about, I wrote this rave, in quotes, looks annoying. Because it's a bunch of loud, thumping music playing, and I'm pretty sure it's at a time where people are trying to sleep. That <laughs> entire endeavor seems like an awful time. We're talking about race wars in general or that rave? Race wars in general. Yeah, they're, uh, you're in the middle of a desert. It's basically, it like Burning Man for cars. So you have it didn't look organized and exhaust. Yeah, it didn't look like there was any organization. There was barely security. Security was mostly overweight dudes and shirts that said security. <laughs> that wrote a number on your car. Yeah, and of course, you know the only shade you got that place is a parachute they laid on the track. Yeah, oh, man. So, I main thing I want to get out of race war race wars is that Jesse f- 
like completely off his fucking rocker, uh, thinks he's gonna beat Johnny Tran in his Volkswagen Jetta. Yeah. Uh, against when did they? I don't know if I missed this or not, but when did they establish that that was Jesse's dad's car? I think right then. Because, yeah, like, I was like, that's his dad's car? Yeah, like, I think it may like, have been, uh, like, a deleted scene or something like that. But, yeah, I don't. I believe you don't, you don't learn that that's his dad's car until Paul Walker says, but that's your dad's car. And you fi- that's when you find out his dad's also in prison. Yeah, which I, f- I, f- I want to say they do mention earlier, but I, I don't know when they would have. Because I know there's a scene where, like, he and Brian are at the computer, and then Brian asks him, why aren't you going to MIT or whatever? Yeah, but and then that's he just says all that about he, his ADD. Yeah. I don't know if they mentioned, like, his dad being in jail during that scene. Listener, email us. We don't have an email yet, but listen, email us at something. Find an DM, email. DM the Instagram. DM Instagram. Or, and tell or, us. Uh, tweet us directly. I'm at Rich Cammy. I'm at Nick Lathan. You can find me on Letterbox as well as Nick Lathan. But listen, just let us know. Give us a time code so I can watch it with that special feature that has the the prices on there. I need to watch that special feature. Uh, so the crew gets word that there's going to be there's a job to do that night, and like I feel like Brian could have gotten what he needed from from Mia without revealing that he was a cop. Yeah, because he's a, a friend of theirs trying to help them out. Yeah, like, he eventually was going to have to reveal that anyway, but even then, like, I don't know if, if just the poor well approach to it or the, the, I really just hated how he acted that scene, as opposed to later on when there's the reveal... To Dom when he's on the phone getting help for Vince, that uh, okay that he's a cop that was played pitch fucking perfect. Dom's that was face, good because I was Ryan's face, everything was just that was so fucking good. That was very good. And before he said that, I was thinking like, doesn't he reveal it on the phone? And I was like, no, he reveals it to Dom on the phone. Yeah, but yeah, he tells me I'm an FBI agent. I mean, I'm a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Point break, everybody. I, I know a lot of people like compare the two movies, but like they're both their own separate beasts. Because you got like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of other movies that are the same but different. Yeah. That I have mean, their following. There's plenty out there that are in that kind of idea. But yeah, I feel like that they've done enough. The two works on their own have done enough. If there was never another Fast and Furious movie, I feel like it would have gotten saddled with Point Break, but with cars. Mm-hmm. But it's it's grown into its own adult. Yeah, um, I that makes me think like because a lot after this movie came out, there was a lot of uh, Fast, you know, Fast Furious knockoffs. You got Torque, you got Biker Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did you have? The Transporter movies seem like they might have been. Maybe eh. that started around that time. Not really, but sort of. Yeah, um, kind of, sort of. What was a uh, faster? Was that a th- yeah. was it faster? Was later. That was like 
Oh seven. That was right before that was right before Dwayne Johnson got into the fast saga. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, could you imagine those movies like if there was another Biker Boys? I feel like, like Biker Boys is that's the sequel. Did you say Gone in Sixty Seconds? Yes. Okay. But that is a remake of a movie that came out in the seventies. It is, but visually both movies have basically the same color palette. I I don't know. I I think about Gone in Sixty Seconds, it has more of a Michael Bay aesthetic to it, even though Michael Bay didn't make it. <laughs> it, it reminded me more of Bad Boys. That the look of that movie did of Fast and Furious. Mm. Fast and Furious. This movie just looked like uh, <laughs> they put kind of a it's kind of a greenish brown filter. Yeah. Over it, and they decided that everybody was not going to wear makeup, so their sweat was really going <laughs> to glisten. Like this movie obviously had no makeup budget. It seemed like. <laughs> I'm not trying to knock the makeup person in this movie, but it just, I don't know if that was what they were going for, but like, it just looks like this movie looks sweaty. Realism, <laughs> just man. Put it that way. We're going to have no makeup. We're going to have two Monica's. This movie's going to be real. <laughs> it's real to me, damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, all right. So, after the the job goes wrong, after Don, or Brian's revealed to be a cop, he goes looking for Dom back at the house, and he's pulling out the Dodge Charger, and they're having a heated conversation with guns pointed at each other. And then Jesse comes around the corner in his Jetta. Frankie Muniz's Jetta. <laughs> uh, and this is the part where Jesse gets killed by uh, Johnny and Lance. Yeah. And as I'm watching this, with the special feature on, it's rallying up the totals and tallying up the totals of the, the Jetta getting totaled uh-huh. while a human life is being snuffed out. <laughs> Did it total up how much his life insurance was? They, they, didn't, they didn't touch on that. Oh, man, they should and have. It, it was just a quite a, a high point of unintended comedy. Yeah. <laughs> you know about that scene that gets me? <clears throat> Is that okay? The day before Johnny Tran and all, and was at Race Wars, and then of course this is the next day after the. Oh, I'm glad that we've skipped over the heist gone wrong. By the way, um, yeah, I, I like I like it. I like the fact that in this movie the entire climax is during the day. I feel like yeah. you don't see that nearly as much as as you you do you would think you do. Yeah. Um, the part of the only thing the only subject the only thing I would touch on when it comes to the heist gone wrong is the trucker doesn't stop. Like, is he trying to meet a deadline? Cause he could have stopped and shot them with the shotgun. You know what I mean? Or, or, or was that like, would have been ruled against his favor law wise. If he had stopped, if he kept going and killed them, look, <laughs> man, like, is that a trucker, there's no scheduled, unless it's a scheduled stop. Like these, these goods and services have to make it on time do you think he was hopped up on like uh speed or whatever like trying to yes. trying to keep keep awake absolutely as erratic as he was with that shotgun absolutely now do you the, think he was a teamster oh that's a good question i don't think he was what was that written was that was that a thing on the side of his car on his truck i don't think so indication uh, but they also so. did they were also telling the damage done to the the peterbilt uh semi-truck 
I bet that was a lot. The thing about that shotgun is I'm pretty sure that shotgun is made by the same people who made the shotgun in the Evil Dead movie. Why I'm saying that is he uh, he shoots like four times before he reloads that double barrel shotgun. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, yeah that 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 last heist. I, I really like that sequence. I, I I like it every time I watch it. It doesn't yeah. get old to me. Just because there's like. First of all, it just reminds me of the Road Warrior. And then second of all, it's just a lot of tension in that part. Yeah. But yeah. Then they make their way back to LA. Yeah. Uh they and you know, it all it all plays out, man. They have one final drag race. Unofficial. That that final drag race, there was a lot of ten- tension. It's uh very well structured. Yeah. The only thing that it reminded me of, because I like went through recently and watched all the Mission Impossible movies again, it just reminded me of the scene in Mission Impossible Two when um, Tom Cruise, what, what's her name? She's on Westworld, something Newton. Uh, uh, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. They're in Porsches and they're like spinning out of control, and some like angelic music plays as in slow motion, and that is that song just played in my head. And like, because it was like a meet cute for them, kind of. So I just thought of a meet cute between Brian and Dom. Nick, I'm yeah, level with you here, man. Uh, I've never seen Mission Impossible. Any, any of them? Of them? Wow. It's a. Uh, I don't know. It's a. It's a. It's a franchise, much like the James Bond movie, that varies from movie to movie. Because hmm. you know, once you get another person on board to direct it, totally different. Hmm. Like. I will say this though, JJ Abrams directs a third one. That was his first movie. This multi like over a hundred million dollar movie. And he crushed it, but at the same time, it's kind of the most forgettable one of the bunch. That's the one where Philip Seymour Hoffman's the villain, right? Yeah, and he's the only he's the only part of that movie I remember. And I watched that movie three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. They have their their final drag race, and Brian, instead of arresting Dom, gives him the keys to his car because Dom's car got jacked up by the truck that was coming out, not the train that they almost got hit by. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that was a good twist on that on that that race was the truck. Yeah, and that was a, a hell of a stunt too, having the the Dodge Charger like flip all the way like that. And uh, and then yeah, Dom rides off uh, into the sunset. As as Brian said, I owe you a ten second car. Yeah, that's, um, some that's good writing right there. It's very good, very very good. I want to touch on this real quick. Um, during the chase with Johnny Tran, of course, we see Johnny Tran get shot by Brian. Uh, Snake Pants Lance falls off a. So he it's not a cliff; it's more of a hill. Yeah, and he lands down there, and like he just knocked out. And then Dom looks at him and is just like, man, good enough. This won't come back at all. So I, what I'm thinking is we need to bring back Snake Pants Lance. Snake Pants Lance is ripe. Look, we're going to get to the point. You know they're not stopping at 10. They say they're stopping at 10 or 10 is going to be two movies, which makes it technically 11. And it's going to be in space, according to a recent interview with uh, Ludacris. Uh, and it's going to be in space, according to uh, recently unheard podcasts of this show by us. Um, but uh, also, according to uh, any conversation you get into 
uh, this franchise with me about. All that aside, <clears throat> they're going to have to start going back and culling characters from the earlier movies. They've already done that. And what we're finding out now is there are still there's still plenty of 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 territory to cover. You got the guy at the docks. You got Snake Pants Lance. You got the pizza delivery driver that was a cameo by the director. Now, what? Whenever uh, that part in the little pop up picture, picture in picture, was he dressed like his character in the picture in picture? Was he? Yeah, he actually. uh, He's like, hold on. Actually, I got a little. I got a little treat for you guys. And then he like comes back on in Domino's outfit. Go home, pizza boy. Home, pizza boy. But there's yeah. no one else. That's a that, okay. One more thing. <laughs> they all have New York accents in the fucking crew. Yeah, they do. Like everyone, everyone else in this movie that isn't Brian has different accents from everywhere not L.A. I don't know. I feel like Letty kind of has a L.A. accent. No, dude, Letty's got like such like an East Coast like. No, never mind. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, she does. Yeah, like I just had her say something in my head, thinking about what what she would say. And like, yeah, yeah, that's like a Bronx like accent. Like maybe Mia doesn't, but the rest of them are just full on like queens. And how old is Mia in this movie? Because she is. She's got textbooks. She's doing homework. Is she in I, college? I think she's like in community college. Okay, because they never established that, but of course they established it. Maybe they established it in a deleted scene. Mm-hmm. Like they established that Jesse's dad's in prison. Yeah, I think you're the the fact that she's like also working full time, uh, because Brian keeps going back every day. Yeah. Because he's sandwich crazy. Now is she working every day? That's the reason he keeps going back. She needs some days off. I mean, it's a family business. Good help so. is hard to find. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, that was that was also something that that stuck out to me. Not just this. Hold up, viewing. Do you but. think there's bad blood between uh, John Cena and um, Dom because of the fact that Dom's dad left him the restaurant to? He left the tuna recipe to Dom and not him. Man, is that where it all stems? That could be that could be the crux of it all right there. But the point I'm making is you still have plenty of characters to bring back uh, for later movies that have an axe to grind. Yeah. Or use them in a spinoff movie. Or spinoffs. You know? Cappuccino Cop could have a Snake Pants Lance cameo. You never know. Yeah. So, Nick, uh, I have to ask you. Uh was this movie a 10 second car or was this movie a 10 minute car? I'm going to go with uh 10 second on this viewing. I agree. I agree. I, I agree that this was a 10 second car in this, in this rubric of judging the 10 second car is a good movie. A 10 minute car is a lackluster movie. I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Is this movie fast? Or is it furious? Now, in this rubric, we're more so judging the personality of the movie. Because some movies don't 
have quite as much racing. Some are a little bit more plot heavy and stuff like that. Like, you know, a lot more scenes with guys around tables with blueprints and shit. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that this movie was 100% a fast movie. That's a fast ass movie. It's a fast ass. Fast ass, movie. fast ass and the furious. <laughs> um, uh, something. This is a little post credit scene. This is consider this a post credit scene. Everybody. Talking about the post credit scene. Why wasn't Letty in the post credit scene? What was the post credit scene? It's just Dom driving in Baja, Mexico. He's gotten away. He's driving a Chevelle. Shit, I I don't know that I've ever watched all the way to the end of the credits before. Well, you got to. First of all, the credits show off all the cars. And then in the post credit scene, of course, there's Dom saying Something about living a quarter mile at a time, and then but Letty, Letty's nowhere in that scene because earlier in the movie he established that they're going to go down to Mexico together and go to the beach. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, plans went sideways, and he had to leave, and maybe he didn't have a chance to contact anybody safely yet. You know, like he assumed maybe. like all their. Well, I think it's safe to assume that the rest of the crew maybe got like arrested. I mean, we don't see Leon again. Jesse's dead. Um, we see Vince again. Spoiler alert! Yeah. And of course, we see Liddy again. Another character right to be to be brought back to bring it back to the first racing scene. Uh, Edwin. He's. We've established this. He's going to be an F nine. It's a monk, living That's, in a temple. I just just on the off chance, just on the off chance they cut that scene. He was he was jilted. By Monica so bad that he became a monk and took a vow of celibacy. In in the event that <laughs> in this year between quarantine and the final finally the release of, of of F9, they start tinkering with the movie, they start overthinking it. In the event that Monk Edwin, his whole storyline gets cut out of the movie. You still so him and as any number of things. So him and Tony Shalhoub. Fuck you. Are gonna, are, they're not going to get cut out. And then with Tony Shalhoub, you bring back Tanner because he was in Monk. Come on. Okay. All right. You're bringing me back around. All right. So we'll leave you with that little bit of little little something to chew on. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to be back next week. Next week, we're releasing a Patreon episode that's all about Spy Racers, but we'll probably end up bullshitting some other stuff, to be honest with you. And But we'll, we're going to talk about Spy Racers that's currently on Netflix. And Dominic Toretto makes an appearance, from what I understand. But then the following week, two weeks from now, is when we'll be talking about Too Fast, Too Furious, starring Ludacris, who is, we know, canon, is in the movie as both Tej and himself. <laughs> it's canon, okay? It's canon. It's canon. It's canon. Boy. That also means, uh, God, because something else I've learned. There's so much ludicrous being played in cars diegetically in the wire. Again, same universe. Okay, so wow, I can't believe we. And uh, yeah, okay, we'll expand on this universe next week. We'll also expand on the timeline next week because it's all because of Tokyo Drift. This timeline's all screwed up. The timeline is adrift. 
Tokyo Adrift. We'll leave it at that. All right, everybody. Uh, you know, follow. Let's do our plugs right now. Follow me on Instagram, Letterboxd, Twitter. I'm at Nick Lathan on two of those. And just search Nick Lathan on Letterboxd and you can find me on there. And then follow a quarter mile at a time. Or is it quarter mile at a time? Pod on it's Instagram. A time. Yeah. Let's just double check. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think I logged into it. I finally it's logged back into it. Yeah, follow, quarter mile at a time pod on Instagram. Follow us there and we'll have a Beauty and the Beast Vin Diesel video, hopefully, by the oh, day this episode comes out. Uh, and yeah, follow me at Rich Cammy on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, uh, presumably, I'm still at this point uh, doing the whack pack every single day where Rip rips open another pack of trading cards every single day. And I'm pretty frequently joined by uh, myriad guests. And it's not just baseball cards, it's not just football cards, but it's movie cards, it's celebrity cards, it's did you open car those, cards. Did you open them Batman cards I sent you yet? Not yet. You want to hop on the whack pack and open them up with me? We can do it. Cool. This will have happened a long time before this episode <laughs> comes out. Oh, but man. go back because they're also all on IGTV, and we also raise money for good causes. And at every hundred dollars, I chew the old gum found in the old packs, and it's it's truly awful for me to do, but I do it. He does it for you, right? You do it for them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it for them. It's certainly mm-hmm. not because I like it. <laughs> you do it for a good cause and that's what matters yeah um yeah so yeah and like us like you know uh rate us five stars and write reviews and everything so what quote are we going to end this on rich since we always end it on a quote on welcome to haddonfield which is you can still listen to those episodes because they're in the same feed same that is season feed. one season one of this this is season two and then season three we've already got that picked out that's coming out next year and we're both very excited about that one but then, of course, we're going to come back and do the Halloween Kills episode when Halloween comes out, and we're going to have Peyton back as the co-host. Uh, for Nick Lathan, this is Rip Camelucci. Uh, this has been Quarter Mile at a Time, and you were <laughs> granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.